0: Our subject this morning is the best way to pray. And this may seem a simple subject, but it's actually very subtle and very profound because the power with which we pray correctly is God's power, not our own. We have to have, in the beginning, a sense of real confidence, utter confidence, that God wants to help us, that God loves us, that God is always with us. The thought of beggarly prayer. You know that chant, Door of My Heart, which we just sang? In the original Bengali, there is a stanza saying, Ami Bikiri, I am a beggar standing at your door, in other words. Yogananda didn't translate that. He didn't believe that we should think of ourselves as beggars standing at the door of God. You know, if you are approached by a beggar, you may, out of a feeling of a certain generosity, give him a dollar. But if your child comes to you and asks for help, you'll give him everything you've got. We have to approach God as his children. Somebody who knows Aramaic, studying the old scripture, said that the uh, Lord's Prayer is uh, the the meaning of the word in Aramaic for father is like our meaning, daddy. It's a very familiar, very endearing expression of love. We should have that kind of absolute confidence in him. But there's another thing which makes it a lot more subtle, which is that it's he anyway who's praying. He's the only one who exists anywhere. There's nothing else. It's so hard to separate God from ourselves. And yet he is the doer of everything. How do we know where one begins and the other ends? There's a very interesting story from the life of Ramakrishna. He was initiated into Nirvikalpa Samadhi by Totapuri, who was a very, very much of a jnani and who believed completely that God and he were absolutely one, which they were. And yet, there was still a little bit of that thought in his mind. There was one time he was very ill. He had dysentery very badly, and he thought, well, I, I, there's no point in living in this body anymore. I've, this body has served me as long as it needs to. I can dump it at any time. Let me just leave it. And so with that determination, he entered the Ganges. And as he walked out into the Ganges, determined to drown himself, the water kept receding, (laughs) and he couldn't get deep enough to drown himself. And then he had to recognize that what Ramakrishna was saying to him also is true, that yes, the Spirit is one with God, and yet there is also a separateness. He is infinite. We are small. We can become infinite, but as long as we have this thought of this body at all, as something of our own. We're separate from him. So when we pray, we have to pray with that absolute conviction that he is with us, a certain amount of presumption, not not challenging, not in that sense, but Master said, pray as if you were demanding. Now, usually, unfortunately, language is a very tricky instrument. When you say demand, You often think of somebody challenging somebody, I demand my rights, kind of thing. That's not what he meant. But when you know that somebody is your own, won't you ask him with that expectation that he wants to give it to you? Whatever it is that you're asking. (coughs) It's absolutely amazing how prayer can be answered if we pray with that consciousness. But there's another point to it that needs to be understood also, and that is that we've got to pray with power. We can't, first of all, we must not pray to God saying, well um, I'd like very much if you'd like to do this to me, but I know you're probably very busy, but uh, (coughs) have to pray with real power. But at the same time, we have to pray with love. I've told you this story, but it's been a long time and many of you probably weren't here then. But many years ago, it was in 1972, uh, I felt guided by Divine Mother to go back to India. I hadn't been there for 10 years. But I felt it was right for me to go back. And I had a little money that I'd (laughs) gained from classes and some that I'd saved up and I figured I had just about the money I needed to go and come back and it was, I'd be fine. And so I, I uh, was all set to go in two weeks when I drove my car down to San Francisco and suddenly uh, something went wrong. Now you all who know cars will be amused at my simplicity on this so I'm not even going to expose it. Something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> had something to do with rod, or I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, it was obvious that the car had, I had to get rid of this thing. It was, it was, it uh, ended its usefulness. (coughs) (coughs) And so, I thought, well I'm supposed to go to India. And if I go to India, I'll use up all the money I have and I can't get a new car. So what should I do? And we, and various friends of mine, we didn't have a church to go to then, as we might have done if we had this church here, all the way from San Francisco, but uh, I just sat in a restaurant. Not the best place to pray, but I was saying, well, what, what should we do? And I didn't get any guidance. So I said to Divine Mother, well, my common sense tells me that I'm only going to be in India for two months. When I come back, I'm going to need a car. I live up there in the mountains. Without a car you can't really get around very far. So I said, Divine Mother, my common sense (coughs) tells me to get this car. If you still want me to go to India, you're going to have to reimburse me. (laughs) I put it just like that. I didn't say, Divine Mother, please. None of that nonsense. If she really wanted me to go into India, that was her business. And if she really wanted me to go, and my mind told me I had to do this, then the obvious alternative was, well, reimburse me. So, okay, that's how I prayed. You might say it was not very devotional, but yes, it was. <laughs> it was devotional because I love her. That's, that's the whole thing. And so I put $1,100 down on a good used car, and uh, got the car, and uh, the next, this was Friday evening, Monday morning, the next Monday morning, I got a letter from somebody with a uh, letter said, please use this money as Divine Mother wants you to. Now, how many people would write that way? It was somebody I didn't even know. He had just been uh, released from the army and uh, he just had wanted to send me some money and it was was a thousand, a check for a thousand dollars. So I had the money I needed. Well, it was such a marvelous manifestation. I've seen so many, and we have seen so many in the history of Ananda, that it's difficult to imagine um, that God doesn't exist. It's difficult to imagine that he doesn't want to take care of you. He does. Now, remember, he will. But when you say, God, why don't you answer? Well, you're putting a block up, aren't you? You've got to say with full conviction, I know you've got something in mind for me. You know, sometimes we go through tests. It isn't as if God is always smoothing the path in front of you. Quite the opposite. He often throws thorns in the way. That's the way you become strong. But if you, if you say, God, I know you've got something here in store for me and I know it's, what, it's, for, it's right for me, it's for my good. And it's right for others you will see that the severest test, even, always ends in a blessing. And more than that, when you look back at the end of the road, whatever road it is, look back on what happened, you'll see that the blessing could only have come through that test. It's not as if, well, yeah, but couldn't you have spared me that trouble? Couldn't it have come more easily this other way? Why did you have to put me through all the fun and games? It really, you find out that it was the only way it could have happened. That through our tests, the right doors open, the right doors are closed, the right people come to us, the right opportunities open themselves. You've got to have that faith.